0: Notice how long that Scott has been running around with his helmet. Is he <laughs> pretending that he has a mask on? While he's undercover.
1: And then we cut over to T-Bob. He's laying flat on his face. Smoke coming out of him. We're all like, "Yeah, T-Bob is dead." <laughs> <laughs>
0: As annoying as he is, <laughs> I actually like T-Bob.
1: Well, he has his
0: you know, moments.
1: He has his moments. Mas-cast. Computer, scan
0: files. Select mask agents best suited for this mission.
1: Jason Gross, radio broadcaster, retro gamer, blogger, mask movie co-writer. Vehicle code name Six Thousand. 80s
0: guru skills critical, Wyatt Bloom, broadcast technician, DJ, critic, mask movie co-writer, vehicle codename Phoenix, 80s analysis
1: vital. Personnel approved, assemble mobile armored strike command. Hello, agents, and welcome to Mass Cast 56 and the beginning of our Season 5 journey to review the Mobile Armored Strike Command animated series. Tonight, we will focus on episode 41, Stop Motion, which will include our play by play commentary combined with audio clips from the actual episode. At the dramatic halfway point and at the conclusion of the episode, we'll stop to give you our thoughts and ratings according to our one-to-five scale system. After our review, we'll also read back listener reviews and comments along with the results of our poll, which we invite you to participate in prior to each podcast review on our website, agentsofmask.com. You can simply find the MassCast assignment in the right-hand column of the website or usually in our monthly newsletter, which will lead you to the blog article so you can vote and leave a comment. For our viewers, you simply can leave a comment during our live Google Hangout recording session or on the event page or using the Q&A button in the Hangout. Stop Motion was first broadcast on November 25, 1985 in the United States and features Gloria Baker entering the Indianapolis 500 race, but her race is cut short by Venom, who is using an EMP bomb to fund their organization. With the capability of knocking out electronics for miles around, Mayhem attempts to rob a corporation which could jeopardize bank vaults across the USA, with only Mask standing in their way. So we will get into that tonight. I am one of your hosts, Jason, and with me as always is my longtime friend and fellow co-host, the Leoric to my Ektar... It is a time when magic is more powerful than science, and only those who control the magic control destiny. They are the visionaries. Wyatt? Any clue to who I'm referring to?
0: (laughs) If it's Star Wars, uh, that's the only only reach I have. I have not heard those names.
1: Nope, it's not Star Wars. It's actually characters from the Visionaries, the Knights of Magical Light.
0: I don't think I've ever watched that, to be honest.
1: Well, you're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have watched a couple episodes. They used to be on YouTube. And The Visionaries lasted at just, I think, 13 episodes. So.
0: That's what Hasbro's bringing back, one of the five. Right,
1: right. It's one of the five that we talked about uh, earlier, well, last week on our uh, Mass Cash chat. And uh, yeah, it was a short lived series. I remember the toys actually more than I remember watching the show as a kid with that, uh, hologram, you know, in their chests that looked like a different animal.
0: I'm going to have to Google this. Yeah. I didn't Google um, it on our,
1: <laughs> well, it was, uh, uh, I want to say it was done by,
0: Oh, I remember the, them. I don't the, remember uh, the show. I remember the toys.
1: Yeah. It was done by the same people who did GI Joe. And there was a lot of the same voice actors, um, I remember the guy – th- I think it's Chris Lotta that does Cobra Commander and Starscream. Yeah, I think um, that's it. He did one of the characters, and I remember uh, – actually, I think uh, Michael Bell had a character in there. I could I like
0: Michael Bell. I, I know Michael Bell is uh, a hit for – well, he played Duke on G.I. Joe.
1: Let me see. Uh, actually, I think... no. I'm sorry. It was, uh, it was Michael McConaughey, actually, that we met oh. at uh, – RetroCon this year, he was the Ektar character, now that I'm looking it up. Yeah, Chris Lotta, he was the main bad guy. Darkstorm. And Peter Cullen also voiced a character. Wow. Uh, Sindar. So, and looks like, uh, kind of high. And Chris Lotta also had some uh, evil characters, as well, as they voiced. And
0: uh, Neil Ross... I mm-hmm. I recognize him, huh. him and William Bell were both Voltron actors, voice actors. And uh, Neil Ross was the voice of Keith. He did a lot of other people. Ah, like, uh, okay. But, you know, Commander Keith, War Voltron! Mm-hmm. Whatever else he says. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I, they were probably just part of the same, well, I don't know if they're really the same group. but
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, Neil Ross, he had several, he was shipwrecked. He was shipwrecking GI Joe, and did a lot of other series: Centurions, Garfield and Friends. Uh, the list goes on. Oh yeah. So he's one of
0: those other ones, just like uh, Doug Stone, and probably Peter yeah. Cohen who just did like millions of of characters, and you don't even, you know, he's lost count. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, he was uh, he was Rambo in the uh, Rambo cartoon series as well. Really? Yeah.
0: Oh, I see. I'm Ross. scrolling down the list now.
1: Yep. I yeah. just scrolled down myself. But, yeah, that's cool. And, you know, Visionaries is one of those that we talked about. And, we, of course, we invite people to listen to the chat. But there were one of those out of that five that were a little more magical, have uh, you know, really didn't, I guess, go together like, obviously, G.I. Joe and Mask or, have some similarities so it'll be interesting to see what asbro does and if they actually do a a team-up movie to start or if they're going to do individual movies first and then do you know after marvel and and kind of bring them together at some point so right it should be pretty interesting but uh well speaking of that let's go ahead and get into get your mask on get your mask on (laughs) we will talk a little bit about what's been going on in the realm of mask. Of course, the, the multi-universe film project by Hasbro was a big deal uh, when we put that up last week. And I just briefly wanted to thank everyone who helped to share uh, our blog post and also matttracker.com and boulderhill.net. They were sharing the story as well, but, The last I checked the Facebook stats, we got 230 shares off that blog post and almost 17,000 people were reached on Facebook. So that's pretty cool. And we had about 3,000 hits on our site on that story. So those are really good numbers for a a site dedicated to masks. Trust me. Right. So we uh, just wanted to pass that along and thank everybody for, for sharing our content. And the more you share, the more. People we can bring into the mask our our mask universe,
0: and the uh, more people we can reach at Hasbro,
1: and, exactly. <laughs> well, no, it's it's more of a community thing. We've we've said that from the beginning, and oh, it's yeah. all about yeah. sharing. And I always try to share anything uh, that, that Tracker and Boulder Hill and Mask Comics and some of the other Facebook groups they got something cool going on. I, I like to uh, share that on our page as well, and. Just keep everybody in the loop, so to speak. So, I also ran a little follow up poll. I don't know if you saw this or not, Wyatt. Basically, how should Mask be introduced to the cinematic world? How should Hasbro bring him in? Should they do a standalone movie first, or should they do a team up with another property like G.I. Joe? And 90% of the voters want a standalone movie first. So I guess well, they're kind of on our side.
0: Yeah, that's what we kind <laughs> of aspect. during that chat, that's what we kind of really suggested is that they do if they're going to follow Marvel then they should do the standalones like they did with Iron Man and those ones kind of build it up to that universe that they're kind of hinting at, at least from the the news uh, release that they give us.
1: Right. So I was uh, this is all those results and I had to pass those along and Uh, That site that we use, Opinion Share, is pretty cool. And they're starting to do a lot more uh, things, uh, little quizzes you can do now. So I might try to use that more in our uh, social media and such. And I did a quiz uh, for our our overview of episodes 31 to 40. And, of course, Anna, I think she got 100% on that. It was 10 questions about one question from each episode and several other people were like, Oh, I need to go watch mask. I only got like five, you know, <laughs> and they weren't, they weren't too hard. But if you remember the episode or had watched it, uh, you would remember you would, you would have got the questions right. Kind of a thing. But so that's fun. What else have you got going on over there? Anything?
0: No, not really. Um, you got me sidetracked. I'm freaking on a, my own rabbit trail. I'm like, Googling Neil Ross, <laughs> man. I mean, I shouldn't yeah. be on this side rabbit trail, but man, I, he even voiced the
1: Dukes. Oh he yeah, cartoon
0: the Dukes back in the day. And
1: did you see that uh, Alan Oppenheimer is coming to RetroCon next year? The no, I, I need to.
0: I need to follow. Well, I still follow him. I just haven't looked up lately. Uh,
1: go, go over and and get linked up. They've created an event on their Facebook page for next year's RetroCon, and they post any updates there. And I saw that one go across, uh, I think it was last week, that uh, Skeletor was going to be there. So
0: I'm on their page now. I'm seeing if they show me any. Oh, then there's uh, Ted DiBiase is showing up. Yeah. Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Um, who else?
1: I wonder if he's going to have the Million Dollar Belt there. Remember his uh, his own yes. little championship belt that was like diamond encrusted and had like a big dollar sign on the front.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I do recognize Alan Oppenheimer. He was um he played bit parts I mean, pretty much throughout his career. Uh notably in the eighties. I've I've seen him probably in any on all of my favorite shows like Knight Rider or Dukes or Airwolf yeah. or something. But I see that he was yeah, he played Skeletor.
1: Yeah, he did a lot of work for Filmation. Um, I think he was the, I want to say he was the main bad guy in the Filmation Ghostbusters, whose name escapes me at this point. Um, We just watched the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special last night, so uh, (laughs) (laughs) he was fresh on the mind. Yeah, I still watch it each year. I'm sorry.
0: I should watch it. I haven't seen that for years.
1: Oh, speaking of Christmas, I I sent you some cool Christmas presents. Do you got them nearby?
0: I do have them nearby,
1: because um, I haven't. I've seen it because I I bought them on ordered. eBay. But since we had been talking about our collections before and what, why when we did our top ten, of course I think you had Condor at number one, and I was like, he hasn't gone out and got one yet. So I got him a couple toys for. Uh, Christmas this year.
0: Yeah, I um, uh, I uh, I still have my Condor. It's
1: oh, you do? Huddled. Okay,
0: I I still have it. I it's huddled up in uh, my shed, which uh, that takes that's another story okay. by itself. Well, you
1: can sell that one back to eBay if you want to.
0: Oh heck, no! <laughs> I like spares. But look at this! Look at this! I got myself a gator.
1: Yes, you do, and it should be complete.
0: Well, I food. I have the boat, and I have.
1: You got the roof gun there, I see, and you've got. Do you have the uh, depth charge that goes in the back? The silver depth well, charge. Well,
0: I think so. He sent, uh "Whomever the packer was, sent the little."
1: No, he sent everything in a
0: little pack, a uh, little bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is it, right?
1: Yep, yep. That goes in the uh, in the back there, and then you you hit the back of the uh, of Gator.
0: Yeah, you I f- got that. Flip
1: it up in the air.
0: And Then there's little Dusty. Make sure his head's underneath. Okay. <laughs> I don't want any de- any decapitated. Yeah. Mask agents.
1: What I always liked about Gator is when the boat is inside. There's a little space on the front of Gator that's perfect for his mask, and you can put his mask in, like, on the hood, and then oh, really? stuff it back up in there, and it's essentially protected from losing. When you're a kid. Wasn't there like
0: a, wasn't there like a, um, that's probably what it was made for. But, you know, I wonder if that wasn't supposed to be like a little, like a little engine, like a blower engine, like a race car engine. Like you see sometimes that pop through the hood. I wonder if that's not what that was supposed to be. Yeah. You would know collector.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I got actually some parts to some add on little parts to make it screen accurate. I guess you would say. Yeah from uh that was from dj How does he go by dj weapon force on facebook uh this guy bjorn that um oh gosh he's gonna kill me i want to say he's in germany um in somewhere in europe and he goes to a lot of these shows a lot of cons uh dressed up in character he's he's the one that did those awesome he did an awesome matt tracker and his wife oh uh, yeah uh, vanessa And he did some awesome Photoshop work and it looks like he's got like a Thunderhawk in the background and he's, his little side business is using um, one of those online 3d printer type sites. And he's created tons of parts and pieces to make your own like screen accurate uh, vehicles.
0: Nice. And
1: he did a little contest last year, I think. And, I it was I think it was a suggestion for the next thing to make. And I suggested you remember on Thunderhawk in the front has this weapon that's uh it shoots those magnetic things that he's used on Mayhem early on. Like
0: a zillion times, yeah, that yeah. sends switchblade spinning, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I I wanna say he actually made that, but I I found a screenshot of that and sent it to him and he That's cool declared me the winner and sent me the parts for Gator, and I've never actually put them on the vehicle. But it's like, um, I think there is an engine. I want to say there's some kind of uh, some kind of exhaust or something as well, but he really studies the the, the cartoon, cartoon and will make screen-accurate stuff. He's also made the, uh, the Boulder Hill table and chairs.
0: Oh, uh, I think I've seen that.
1: I've yeah, seen, I think I've seen that one really, really cool. So yeah. if you are an over-the-top collector, which I guess I'm probably in that category, <laughs> uh, I'd need some space to display everything, though. I hate buying stuff and having to put it in a box and store it somewhere. I'm the same
0: way. I got, so, But I got so much stuff, I need a whole house to play <laughs> everything.
1: Well, everybody go check him out. I believe it's called DJ Weapon Force on Facebook and see some of his cool stuff. And he he's done it for other stuff like He-Man and some of the other franchises as well, I believe so.
0: Yeah. And there's the really condor cool. you were talking about.
1: Yeah. And there's the condor.
0: That's cool. It looks like, well, obviously it looks like mine. <laughs> I'm looking at it. I think the only thing I'm missing, and I'm sure it's in the same box. I just got to like dig is on mine. I'm missing the hocus pocus mass. And I think I'm missing the uh, windshield, but I'm sure they're both in there. I've had that box. I've had, condor in that same box probably for at least 20 plus years <laughs> and it's traveled with me it's traveled with me for the last 15 years <laughs> it's traveled with me out to idaho from pennsylvania and then it's traveled from idaho to new jersey and then down to here so it's traveled <laughs> and it's probably a been in the m- same box
1: a lot of miles on that condor
0: <laughs> you could say that. He's just been riding along.
1: Air miles, uh, ground miles, whatever. Well, cool. Well, I'm glad you got those, and now you got. I really appreciate it. it. I'm going to have a whole
0: collection, thanks to you.
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate I it. To, I
0: really do. I like this.
1: I had to match the what you got for me, and we were trying to work out a deal, and he found uh, several. Uh, I collect the GI Joe Creo playsets and figures which is like the hasbro lego he found some at an ollie store and said you got these i'm like no so i said get every one that you can find well one of one of each kind basically and he shipped them to me for my christmas present so i was very grateful and yeah, I, I haven't have... I haven't put them all together yet i i put them together one or two at a time and over thanksgiving i i secured the uh The big one, the the Cobra Terror Drome. Oh wow! That was originally ninety dollars. I got it for thirty. It was actually up on eBay for a while for only fifteen. I missed out on that, but I put that thing together and the other GI Joe little platform, and me and the boys had an epic battle (laughs) over Thanksgiving. So that was fun. But yeah, I had to I had to go out and get you some mask stuff. So you're pretty pretty good. good. You're getting close to completing uh, the first series there
0: i am actually
1: <laughs> I, was, I was trying to remember what all i had gotten for you before i know you have a you have a rhino right
0: i have a rhino thunderhawk switchblade jackhammer
1: you do have a jackhammer okay I now remember. i have
0: now i have gator and condor well two condors i don't have piranha yet
1: Yep. Um, you need piranha you need Boulder hill
0: oh well, yeah but that's kind of a pricey one there <laughs> maybe we can get oh. uh dj <laughs>
1: print one up in yeah well he,
0: that's one thing I do miss where I worked last we had our contractor had just bought a three d printer, and I was so like pissed off because i'm like, i'm leaving, and I don't even get to play with this and people are making little stuff, they're finding little drawings and stuff out there, and they're actually just draw- you know they're printing, printing. Yeah. Of the hearts content. they're pr- printing out some cylinder puzzle that you can print that it's literally just like a maze but it's like an interlocking thing and by the time you if you work it out right it actually comes apart but that's the whole point of it right um, yeah, I've,
1: like, never, I've never worked with a 3D printer but they look pretty
0: got, cool well, we had a guy that was in house there that had a, was a CAD person anyway so he knew how to draw stuff anyway so but I have several friends over there so if I really need like parts for my truck <laughs> Or parts for this stuff i'm sure i could get get (laughs) one up so
1: all right well uh i guess uh, we'll we'll, uh call that get your mask on for now and we can get (laughs) into uh we can get into our review
0: yeah so let's start the mask cast Fitting up on a racetrack and seeing the patrons fill in to see the cars, we are quickly taken to Gloria and the Formula race cars. And we pan up to find Bruce and Matt keeping tabs on her and stating that this is her first Indy 500. We next find our beloved duo with Scott working on a circuit for T-Ball. He quips that it is a three ring circuit (laughs) while wishing he had a helmet to cover his ears. I guess he's ultra sensitive to the rumblings of the race cars.
1: Uh, more like everything.
0: Well, that's true. <laughs> Upon completion, Scott speculates that T-Bob could now reach 100 miles an hour. Uh, 100 miles an hour? Uh, how am I going to stop? That's easy. Just push this red button here, and then this drag chute will open and speed you down. Nothing to it. Drag chute? Shoot? shoot. This
1: whole idea is a drag. Here we go.
0: That's it. Then he wishes that Scott would just quit tinkering with him, which he would probably actually run right and not be so emotional if he didn't work with him. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> I guess if he is his robot and that's his kind of pride and joy, you always want to upgrade.
1: Yeah. He so, should be used to it. Yeah.
0: And heck, if you can get a unicycle to go a hundred mile an hour when, yeah. you know, when he was trying to race that one time, looked like he was only going like 15 anyway. Right. Right. But at the guard shack, we see the guard's TV get kind of disrupted with what looks like a man. And we, we kind of see someone come on screen, and then it quickly moves.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, he was pretty easily identifiable. Yeah, it looked like
0: sly to team. me, Yeah. But, uh, but we'll keep the mystery there. <laughs> uh, however, we quickly cut to Gloria's car, where her gauges are basically dancing around. Number 27, Gloria Baker in the lead. with smoke starting to billow out of her engine, and then all the other cars start having the same issue, and they all spin out of control. More and more things are smoking and shorting to include t bob As Matt and Bruce are discussing what happened, the gate guard races up yelling, Help! Robbery!
1: The box office, help! You stay here. Come on, Bruce. Yeah, it was a pretty pretty cool opening i was it was cool to see gloria actually in the indy 500 that they named the race by name you know it's yeah a, yeah it's, it's you know one of the uh the pinnacles really of your career would be winning the indianapolis 500 and what yeah. we learned from the announcer was that she was winning at the halfway point so gloria's legit with her race car skills that's right and I liked her reaction too, as it malfunctioned. She just was like banging on the steering wheel <laughs> upset because I think, I think she even says that she had checked the car herself earlier that morning. So I would be really upset <laughs> if I was in the middle of the Indy 500 and winning and, you know, something right. like this. So, now
0: here's a, here's a small query. I want, you uh-huh. know, I think in the next set of, uh, Toys, well, even even the cars, the racing series, doesn't Matt drive yes. a Formula car?
1: Yes, yes, Goliath is.
0: So uh, why doesn't? I mean, uh, I, again, I'm not the I'm not the guy that, that wrote up the storyline and everything. But you see, if Gloria could race a freaking Formula car, why did Matt get it?
1: Well, it's this. I know,
0: I know, he's the boss. I get that, but. Seriously, if she can run that car, she should get it, and he could keep the old Thunderhawk running around.
1: That's you've hit the nail on the head. That's one of the biggest queries I think of the racing series. Is that I don't think Gloria's in a single one of those ten episodes. No, and she's the you know she's the race car driver. So it's just
0: maybe she bailed out to run Indy five hundreds.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It could have been. <laughs> I I don't think that that was written into the story, but it's that is one of the big mysteries. Why didn't they include her, right, in the racing series? But anyway, uh, after all of this happens and the drivers are all getting out of their cars and upset, we start to see the TV cameras begin to smoke as well, and the equipment inside the broadcast control room there. And then we cut over to T Bob. He's laying flat on his face, smoke coming out of him. As Scott asks him what's wrong, to which he essentially gets no response. He's just laying down there, and we're all like, "Yeah, T Bob is dead."
0: (laughs) Uh. (laughs) As annoying as he is, I actually like T Bob.
1: (laughs) Well, he has his, you know, moments. He has his moments, like I've highlighted in In the recent video. Yeah, (laughs) but um. The announcer, whose mic is somehow still working, tells the crowd...
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we aren't exactly sure what has happened, but please keep your seats. We will attempt to continue the race as soon as possible.
1: Now we cut it back outside, and Matt is checking, I guess under the hood of Gloria's car, or a car nearby in the pits there, and says it looks like everything is short-circuited. Bruce agrees, and after examining T-Bob... Scott wonders if T-Bob will know what happened. But Matt says probably no one knows at this point. And then this is when the security guard emerges from the stadium yelling that the box office was robbed. And Matt tells Scott to stay put as he and Bruce race off. Right. Outside we see Rax and Dagger running towards their vehicles with this strong box. And Dagger trips and spills the cash everywhere as Rax tells him. Move, move. They get in their vehicles and they speed away. Nothing wrong with their vehicles. And Matt and Bruce run toward Thunderhawk and Rhino, but there's smoke billowing and they're unable to, to go after them. And then we cut back to the pits and Gloria is again working on her car as Scott is installing spare circuits into T-Bob. T-Bob comes back to life and says, Oh, my aching circuits!
0: Time you shorted out my power supply. You said it would never happen again. It wasn't me this time, T-Bob. Something else went wrong.
1: That something was Venom. Matt then approaches and says that it was Venom and that they robbed the box office. And Gloria says she owes them one since she was essentially about to win the race. Right. And then Matt encourages her saying the other drivers didn't have a chance, which I thought was a nice little pat on the back to Gloria, you know, trying to console her after (laughs) essentially losing the Indianapolis 500.
0: Yeah, but everybody lost, so it's, you know.
1: (laughs) True, true. Uh, And then this kind of happens where – You know, what I had thought before while I was writing my notes is how is this PA system working? The announcer comes back on and says the race will be postponed to another time and instructs the audience to keep their ticket stubs and check their local newspaper for the rescheduling time.
0: Well, there goes the race. I guess they have to postpone it if nothing's working. Wait a minute. Something is working. The PA system.
1: Bruce, check it out. I'm going to look at the videotape of the race. Maybe I can get some clue to what happened. So, of course, Scott is all excited, as he normally is, uh, to tag along because he's watching the race all together to work on T Bob. So, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, he's got some dedication there, I guess, at least to T Bob.
0: Oh, Uh, yeah.
1: He's at the race, he's in the pits to cheer on Gloria, and yet he's.
0: (laughs) Tinkering around with T Bob. I think that he'd be out there cheering on, and I don't know. I guess if I had the opportunity, I'd be sitting there trying to get people's autographs or trying to get the pit crew, you know, something <laughs> right. like that. Where right. he just like, oh, spare garage, let's work on T-bob.
1: <laughs> so maybe I can put
0: some um, rocket fuel, as old uh, John <laughs> Kenny's driver used to say.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we uh, we head back inside the control room. There.
0: Yeah, we're in the production room. Matt comes up empty. There's nothing unusual at all on the replay. If only I could see more than just the cars. I'm going to check if Bruce has found anything, Scott. See you two back at the pit. This whole thing is the pit if you ask me, Dad. We came here to see the
1: race, and we haven't seen anything.
0: It dawns on him that the blimp was above, so perhaps they caught video outside the track. Right.
1: Um, And we saw the blimp a couple times at the beginning of the episode, too. Yeah. Really, with no other... Nothing sinister about it.
0: No, but something that that kind of piqued my interest slightly is, do you notice how long that Scott has been running around with his helmet? (laughs) Is he pretending that he has a mask on he's (laughs) undercover?
1: I like that. I like that. Yeah, I mean, he did have it on pretty quickly. Probably
0: only about a minute or two, but he's running around (laughs) with it on. You know, it's not like he's taking it off or carrying it around or something like that. (laughs) Pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so outside the duo, don't see the blip. Uh, T-Bob asks how they basically fly, and Scott replies that they are filled with hot air. Sort of like you," T-Bob jokes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I. That's that was actually a good I'm, one. Yeah.
0: And then a man walks up, probably one of the engineers.:
1: "Excuse me, sir.
0: Do you know where the blip went?:
1: Sorry, son, why would I know that?:
0: Well, it was up there covering the race, wasn't it?:
1: Not this race. Maybe you saw it overhead, and it's way back to the hangar. It's only a few miles due east of here. Come on, T-Bob. We can help death. Motorcycle mode.
0: And the the duo race off on the now souped-up T-Bob and quickly come upon the hangar, which looks deserted. As they peer in, we hear the Venom theme kick up, uh, with Venom obviously working on the blimp. Rack suggests that they hook up the generator and charge up dagger's brain but <laughs> then states that he'd only blow the fuse that was actually a good line there I had some that good one. ones. there was a lot of jokes but there were some good ones in here
1: that was the that was the one that was the best of the whole episode i think it made it worth watching at least
0: <laughs> yeah and then dagger replies that
1: you ought to keep your big mouth from charging racks it's done charging and disconnect the cable
0: and then we pan over to see our duo with T-Bob quaking in fear, which there's another human trait
1: by. yeah,
0: and Scott assures him that he'll be safe there. We see Miles and Vanessa board the blimp with dagger and racks getting in their vehicles and racing off for the gold, as miles puts it. Yep. and uh I want to stop here because you know I'm one that likes to key on the, some certain things aspects of the animation. Mm-hmm. And this one, it's actually cool to see the, the props of the blimp actually start up. You see them go for a few seconds, and then they finally, like, spin up. Mm-hmm. So it's actually good to see that. So it's a lot of cartoons and stuff. Even nowadays, it's automatically just like, boom, it's on. Yeah. So I like yeah. yeah. they took it was probably just about half a second, but still a half a second to show that they're winding it up and it's going.
1: Yeah, there was a couple of places in this episode we'll get to as well that – they had some really cool shots. A little, some good animation too. Yeah. So as, uh, racks and dagger drive off and ma'am says, they're going to go for the gold. Now T-Bob says there's a lot of hot air in that blimp. I guess he was referring to mayhem, uh, with that little joke there as it begins to exit the hangar. And as it does, we see the long cable from the back of the blimp and it's at the feet of T-Bob And it's beginning to wrap around his feet. And as it comes taut, it drags him out of the hangar. Come on, T-Bob. We've got to tell Dad. Whoa! T-Bob! Scott's running after him. T-Bob's complaining about flying or something. Uh, There's this slow-motion hand grasp that takes place as Scott is lunging towards T-Bob to grab him. Which, I don't know, that was kind of unnecessary. But uh, he grabs on to him, he's now hanging on to T-Bob as the blimp ascends up into the air. And high above the ground now, Scott sees a tree approaching and he essentially walks across the top of this trying to avoid a collision Right with this tree. Uh, up inside the blimp, Mayhem relishes in his victory saying, nothing can stop him now. And Vanessa, she kind of scoffs that she'll believe it when she sees it. And ma'am says, see it, you shall. So, they were going back and forth a lot this episode. Yeah, they were. Um, but uh, we cut back to them dangling below the blimp now. Scott is asking T-Bob to do something about it. I'm not
0: punching The only thing I hate more than going
1: And about that time, the cable loosens from T-Bob's ankles and the duo begin to fall as we cut to the dramatic commercial break. So it was for me, it was very quick. This episode, I didn't make a whole lot of notes in the first half, but I don't know. I kind of took that as a good thing. What did you think of the first half?
0: The first half was actually good. It was a very good pace. I kept going. It wasn't drawn out by the duo bad jokes. It wasn't drawn out with I'll call it fluff.
1: Yeah, I sometimes thought so as Because
0: well. we sometimes we sit sit there and watch an episode like at the beginning and we're like, Okay, when are you gonna get to the good point? You know <laughs> right, right. It's kinda like that. This one was actually pretty good. There were some jokes, but a lot of them were actually pretty decent. Not not enough to, to really ding, I guess. Um, I like the cliffhanger though. I liked that here we see scott and essentially t-bob plummeting to their death so it's it, that was actually a good suspense there you don't know what's yeah. going to happen it,
1: um, was, it was dramatic but watching it now i'm like okay it was pretty easy to determine what was going to happen after the commercial break
0: oh <laughs> well, yeah yeah and after watching well 41 of them now you kind of figure out that someone's going to be saved by someone before they actually get killed. Well, yeah. They, Although I I'll, I'll be honest, the the little jet rocket and in T-Bob in Solomon's Gorge was actually a really really nice rescue.
1: Yeah, well that was a that nightmare. was a surprise. There are yeah. sometimes some surprises. There are some more telegraphed dramatic elements like yeah. I kind of felt this one was being what they had talked about at the beginning there when they souped-up T-Bob, but um, what else?
0: Uh, The only one other thing is I I did take note initially because they said that everything's fried except for the PA system, Mm -hmm. and of course, now that we've seen the whole episode, we know what it is, but I like the suspenses. Why would a PA system still work? Yeah. If everything else is frying, so I like that kind of... And At first, I didn't think anything of it, but when Matt keys in that something is working, the PA. So I, I liked that there's some kind of, there's some kind of link there. Right. obviously we'll see at the later half, but I I really liked it. I was right at a five. Okay. I was rating it. That's where I was for this, for this first half.
1: Yeah. I, I, again, I thought it was uh, flowing very well. Uh, The story was pretty good so far and it was a little, I guess, heavy on the Scott and T-Bob, but I thought the suspense and some of the other elements in the episode kind of kept it moving forward. Uh, here we are again with Matt not keeping a leash on those two very well. (laughs) Um, but you know, we've learned by this point that you give an adventurous kid or somebody with a, a spirit to explore, you give him a mode of transportation. He's going to take it every time.
0: And now that mode of transportation has a hundred mile an hour, (laughs) right? (laughs) I would have liked to see, uh for comedy, I would have liked to see like him spin out of control, trying to figure out how right. to run T-Bob at 100 mile an hour. Yeah, that yeah. that would have been fun. I realize I can't probably do much with it for the time scrunch that they have, but it would have been right. fun to like see him fall and fall and T-Bob going, "All right, dude, I need bumper, ca- I need a bumper <laughs> car, or something,"
1: you know. But there was one episode where Scott jumps on him and they peel out, and he. Has his arms like wrapped around T-Bob instead of like on the handlebars. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been fun to do there something like that. But uh, anyway, getting back to the first half, the animation was good. I thought a lot of the action of the race cars was done pretty well. And other than really T-Bob's humanistic traits that we always talk about, we're now kind of used to, I didn't think there was enough ticks or bad things to bump me from my five down to even a half a point, so I'm still with you. I'm I'm right around a five. Good. So, so after yeah. our
0: break, the duo continues to fall. With Scott mm-hmm. saying, "Pull the rip T-Bob asks, "What's a rip cord?" <laughs> and Scott replies back to, "You know, push the red button." With T-Bob saying, "What? This one?" <laughs> and it, it's it's hilarious because Scott like seems like he's actually pissed off now. Yeah. He says, oh, brother, and taps the button with his helmet. Right. And uh, I actually thought that was pretty good. You know, geez, do you get a clue. <laughs> You're a robot.
1: <laughs> well, so, I don't know. He was programmed by Scott. so That's true. He's so, not exactly an encyclopedia of knowledge.
0: No. <laughs> but as the chute opens, the jerk knocks the helmet out of Scott's hands. Scott squirms around to climb onto T-Bob's back. Mm -hmm. And then T-Bob says, This parachute's a lot like a chocolate soda. What the heck do you mean by that? It's good to the last drop.
1: Right. should
0: have been Maxwell Coffee's slogan.
1: Yeah, I I said Folgers. I couldn't remember. It was one of those coffees in the 80s that was good to the last drop, whatever.
0: Yeah.
1: Roll my eyes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the duo end up landing right on the helmet, which trips them. So there was the reason why the helmet left them. And under the chute, Scott says that uh, they need to get to his dad while T-Bob says he can't see anything. Then he adds that he's stuck here. Finally, Scott is saying, oh, boy, the T-Bob, which is... You know, if you're at that, if you know how to shut up a a robot, (laughs) just push the mute button. like,
1: enough! Power down, yeah. Yeah, reboot. I know you're not a Star Wars fan, but... There's a point in, uh, I think it was the very first movie.
0: Episode that, four or episode one? Episode four. Okay.
1: That c 3 is in the cockpit there of the Millennium Falcon with Han Solo and Princess Leia and Chewie. And they're being chased by the, the Empire. It might have been Empire Strikes Back. And he's just giving them all the odds of survival and all this stuff and They're like, shut him up or shut him down. And they finally just power the guy off. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Nice.
1: We'll take it from here, uh, C-3PO. T-Bob should have had something like that. He just power him off when he needs to and just become a motorcycle or something.
0: (laughs) Something, yeah.
1: This is the point, too. I wanted to take a minute here. When they float towards the ground and they're floating down towards Scott's helmet, There's that nice reflection shot in his visor of them coming towards the ground. Did you see that?
0: I did. That was actually very good. Uh, I I appreciate when they get that detail to it.
1: Yeah, it's just fun the new angles and stuff that they use or have been using in the last, I don't know, dozen episodes or so.
0: So as um, Scott attempts to pull the helmet off of T Bob's foot, a gust of wind grabs the chute and sends him. Dragging along the landscape with him shouting, I guess it must be like a command thing, like you would say, uh, you know, spectrum on. That must be like the voice command, because he automatically changed. It wasn't like a hesitation or, why you want me to be a motor scooter? You know, I like that. And, of course, T-Bob transforms, gets his balance, and as he's getting his balance, he just, oh, I might as well just back to shoot away while I'm at it.
1: <laughs> that was pretty impressive, actually. Yeah. To be able to stuff that huge parachute that was just dragging you back into your backpack.
0: Yeah, pretty impressive for someone that doesn't know what a freaking drag cord is. I mean, <laughs> Report, the, whole, yeah. the whole episode, even from, from the garage, he's asking about, you know, how do I stop? So he doesn't even know about a drag shoot, but yet now fast forward, he knows how to pack one up.
1: <laughs> right. Right. But um, who knows?
0: Yeah, exactly. But after packing the shoot up, he actually says, thank goodness for the noise and extra speed. Then he's, as he turns, and he sees Scott, he says, he's not telling Scott that. Or I'm not telling Scott that. Something <laughs> right. like that. And I, I actually chuckled there.
1: Yeah. That. that was, that was funny. He didn't want to, didn't want to give him credit or whatever. <laughs> yeah. For adding that extra speed. so That takes us
0: back to the stadium.
1: Yeah, we head back to the racetrack. Scott tells Matt the story, and he concludes that the machine on the blimp must work like an EMP. Well, of course, T-Bob wonders if that stands for emergency mayhem paraphernalia, obviously. Um, (laughs) Matt Chuckles says, no, electromagnetic pulse. T-Bob says he knows what a pulse is. He's been racing all afternoon. (laughs) And at this point, I wrote in my notes, I'm rolling my eyes. Can't he just shut up? (laughs) I need the power off button right here on (laughs) T-Bob.
0: Not that kind of fault, T-Bob.
1: It's like an invisible lightning bolt hitting a transfer radio. In an instant, it melts down everything electrical.
0: And how come the sound system still works?
1: Vacuum tubes aren't
0: affected by EMPs. And the sound system's loaded with them. I'll bet I know what's in Venom's engines. And their masks, too? You bet. Now it's our turn for the surprise.
1: Well, now from above, the blimp flies over a city with Vanessa asking Mayhem if they are over the International Safe Corporation, is I think what she says.
0: Yes.
1: Uh Mayhem says it better be, with Vanessa not sure after his directions. So these two were bickering the whole time. I'm not sure why. <laughs> mayhem starts up the machine and everything begins to shut down again. There's cars wrecking all over the place and Piranha and Jackhammer drive up through the wreckage of these cars up to this corporation. They jump out of their vehicles and go inside and Rax uses Stiletto to play pin the guard to the building. Going somewhere. Stiletto on. In the guard to the building. I hope you guys don't mind hanging out for a while. Did you and
0: notice though here that he actually says stiletto on and not stiletto fire?
1: Yeah, well, we've, we've kind of gone through this before, and I don't know. Some of the masks, I don't know if it's just they forget or if there's certain things, like torch, for example sometimes you get that flamethrower type of effect where it's just a constant you know out of his mask and then sometimes you get the fireballs so that would make sense there where you say torch on it's the flamethrower torch fire it's the little fireballs you know or something like that but i don't know there's really no consistency uh, with that as far as i can tell
0: no there's not and you know we've had Episodes where there's nothing being commanded and all of a sudden something shows up.
1: Yeah, shoots out. Yeah, it's worth noting. So after they put the guards there against the wall, Dagger tells them to hang out for a while as they make their way through the vault now. And they get to a large door and argue over who should open it. Well, after Rax decides that Dagger should open it, since he's the strong one, they make their way to one of the smaller i guess like safe deposit boxes yeah and inside they find this small book or journal that Rax says contains the combinations to all of the bank vaults in america and they bicker back and forth again Rax, he finally hands the book over to dagger and wonders if he's gonna lose it before actually giving it to mayhem think you can hold on to this without losing it maybe you'd like torture to warm things up for you a bit maybe huh About this time, we cut back over to Mask with Thunderhawk and Shark and Rhino driving through the city. We're assuming that they, you know, fixed the problem from uh, Mayhem and the uh, EMP. Each agent uh, receives their masks from overhead inside their vehicles. This was a pretty cool shot here, animation. One of Gloria, essentially from the side, I believe. I guess most of them were from the side, except for maybe Matt that was a pretty cool sequence there. And then Gloria spots the blimp over the safe corporation now. And Matt somehow brings mayhems plan together. I don't know. It was a little bit of a stretch for me at this point for him to figure out why they're over this, the safe corporation. unless I mean, he's got some inside information or something that they keep all of these, (laughs) all these combinations in a journal. And that was exactly what they were going for, you know. So I don't know. I I guess I felt that was a bit of a stretch.
0: Yeah, it was. A, I, I'm the same way. It's kind of a stretch. One, that he knew that was right over this corporation. And two, that they are looking for that
1: book. Right, I mean, right. What's the? It was a bit quick for me. So It's more like, hey, liked- Rax,
0: did you get it? Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> we're going to come after you now
1: right well i mean it's just as easy like at, at, at the event it was just a matter of we'll just knock out everything at a bank or at some place where they got some cash just run in and get the cash where right. this was more of a strategic robbery and they're not actually going for the money yet they're just going to get this combination or whatever right the, the book of combinations but um Next, we see Thunderhawk converting. Now, I really like this shot, mm-hmm. and they—I don't know if they've used it before. They have. At this this point. is a
0: recycled shot, but they actually use a different like background.
1: Right, right. But I like this where they're outside and at an angle. You see the doors come up essentially from the front, and then they zoom in, and then they show Thunderhawk taking off, and. It's a really good sequence. And uh, some of the other recycled footage of Thunderhawk is just out in the desert somewhere, you know, and they don't bother to put in that background. But
0: they finally caught. It's like they finally caught on. Oh, hey, they're in a city. That's probably mimic.
1: So that's wasn't too bad. Didn't bother me. Vanessa. Now she spots mask below and is accusing Mayhem of uh, missing with this EMP shot.
0: I thought you said nothing could stop us. Mask! Must have been out of range.
1: Face it, you're a bad shot. Quiet! You're breaking my concentration. Below we see now Scott and T-Bob are following behind with the usual objection from T-Bob and Scott's uh, adventurous attitude. We cut back to the blimp, and Mayhem is now ready for another royal blast of the EMP. And we see T-Bob malfunction again, and he falls over. Thunderhawk, however, circles up above and makes a pass on the blimp like uh, Maverick and Top Gun where he's busting yeah. the tower. And it causes the cockpit of the blimp to shake back and forth there some they're a little bit rattled inside. Vanessa is still accusing Mayhem of being a terrible shot. That better stop him! We're out of power! Delusions of dread, here, Mayhem. I'm going to have to burst your balloon. Ah!
0: Ah! I thought you said you could fly this
1: thing! And we see uh, Thunderhawk now makes another pass, shooting its lasers first at the rear. Of the blimp, and then at the I guess you would call the fins, yeah, <laughs> they stick out the side it's of the,
0: the blimp. tail fins, yeah
1: tail fins uh disabling them, and mayhem now is <laughs> they're going back and they've gone back and forth this whole episode,
0: yeah,
1: mayhem is now on Vanessa about her flying skills, well, <laughs> obviously it's not her flying skills, they're getting dive bombed by uh, a yeah, really. And Matt finally says he's now ready to take the air out of their tires. And he fires again at the rear of the blimp, making several holes, letting the uh, air escape. And now we see the blimp flying uncontrollably over the city and essentially out of town.
0: Right. I like the actual sound effect. It was kind of corny, but uh, the, it was comical.
1: Yeah, it, it was yeah. the
0: same, like letting the, an actual little balloon yeah, go. Was, yeah. It wasn't that much. <laughs> But it was still funny. I, I kind of liked it.
1: Yeah. But now we, uh, we head back to the, the corporation with Rax and Dagger exiting the building.
0: Right. Dagger slips and drops the book with Rax picking up the book and saying he can't take him anywhere. <laughs> Dagger, using the torch mask, says, Here,
1: man. Catch this. Torch on
0: or deflects the torch blast back towards Jackhammer, popping one of the tires. Rax throws the book into the sidecar and races off. Even with a flat tire on Jackhammer, we see Dagger just racing away from Uh, uh, with Rhino chasing it.
1: How's that possible?
0: Well, I actually witnessed that just the other night. (laughs) Well, It It wasn't a Bronco, but I saw a guy in a BMW. The rear tire was literally off of the rim. Right beside me, he had his flashes on. The only thing that my wife and I could think of is there was no actual berm or anything like that for them to actually peel off. But the guy like went kept going down the highway. I'm like, dude, yeah, it's gonna fall off. You're gonna wreck the rim if it isn't wrecked already. But anyway,
1: yeah, I would have, I would have liked to seen
0: the rubber flop around or something. Yeah,
1: the, him bouncing up and down in there or anything to. You're gonna set up the scene by f- flattening the tire, actually make do something it-
0: with the scene. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Bruce says, "When in doubt, play it safe." And engages Rhino's battering ram grill, knocks a hole in the wall of safes, over which ends up trapping Racks.
1: Yeah, it was like and, a domino effect almost.
0: Yeah, it was. And I, me and catching the detail, I like the air brake and diesel sounds that they put into Rhino. A combination attack. I hate them! He races up a loading ramp to jump over Shark. But while in the air, Rax shoots the stiletto darts with Gloria rebutting with Aura sending the darts at the back tire of Piranha. It pops the tire and ends up deflecting Piranha over a wall which ejects the book. And not Rax, ironically. Bruce uses Lifter to seize the book. Even with no tire, again, we see Rax driving away.
1: Yeah. I mean, they they took the time to – they essentially shredded the back tire. Yeah. Because it was completely gone. And he just bounces off the ground, bounces over the wall, and keeps on driving. So, I
0: guess help them I helped him bounce. I don't know. That bugged me. Mask returns the book to the International Safe Corporation. Uh, no words are audibly heard. But we see them shake Matt's hand. Then we are taken to Scott, pushing T-Bob up to mask.
1: I missed all the
0: action. T-Bob conked out again.
1: Well, he was he was following them.
0: Um, I guess, but it's been a few miles now. How do you know that they're going to get to the Safe Corporation? Unless he radioed... Well, he couldn't even radio to T-Bob because he was out.
1: Yeah, well, he that's where he initially flopped over there was at the safe corporation on the right. second time around. So he was already there, I think. And right. mass coming back. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. it's one of those mysteries. Yeah. But uh, Scott asks if they noticed the blimp take off as Matt thinks of how it must've landed <laughs> a couple chuckles and mostly Bruce's. It seemed that his voice seemed to stand out there. Uh-huh. And then we fade off to the next race, which has us, uh, Gloria hopping into her formula racer, and thanks Scott for painting the racing stripes before racing off. And I love this sound effect because it was the exact same effect they used for the General Lee on the Dukes of Hazzard. Oh, really? The you hear the in the squealing tires. Uh huh. That's all over, like the first, eh, well, most of it, but mostly in the season one and two. Anyway, as Scott begins to ponder, T-Bob already sneaks off with Scott pondering if there's room for fuel injection. And then you see Scott yelling, and we see T-Bob just running, yeah. hauling, hauling butt out of there. There's, he's not having any of that. Hey, T-Bob! Oh, no. And that leads us off to our PSA.
1: Yes, and we are taking outside of a house, um, a fire truck is sitting outside as two firemen approach the truck from the house saying it was a false alarm.
0: It's a false alarm. Attention all units, we have a three bell fire at 222 East Olive Street, please respond.
1: It's all the way across town. On the nearby sidewalk in their baseball gear, Scott hopes that they make it in time. He says that's why matt tells him not to play with fire alarms because people in real trouble may need it so it was yeah i mean it didn't tie into the episode uh it was a pretty good message for it
0: was a good message usually there's some kind of tie-in at least most of the time
1: yeah i'm well i'll get into it after we hear what you have to say but i thought the ending was kind of a letdown um in the episode. I'd,
0: It was comical, but, you know, it would have been nice to see if Gloria won or something like that. You know, it could have been the last couple seconds of her, you know, racing and winning and, hey, Gloria! And then Scott could have turned around and said, hey, I wonder about fuel injection.
1: Wait, T-Bob! Could
0: have been something (laughs) like that, you know?
1: Yeah. Anyway, what did you rate the episode?
0: Well, it took me a while. Um, Still the optimist, I guess. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It was a very good plot. I actually liked it. And I liked that, even though it was a small suspense out of it, I liked that suspense of figuring out that the PA system wasn't interrupted by all these EMPs. And here they come up with the vacuum tubes was the reason why it never worked, which is kind of cool because that was a, you know, that's a, I'll call it an archaic type of technology.
1: Yeah, I was surprised that he didn't share the technology, though, with Scott to... Do that with (laughs) T-bombs.
0: But here's the thing: even in the '80s, I don't even think Radio Shack had any vacuum tubes left in there. (laughs) So I don't know where they were getting. Where they
1: getting all those parts from?
0: Well, now, TV and radio stations still had a lot of tube vacuum tubes. Even our old station ran on vacuum tubes. Believe it or not, Mm -hmm. I do remember asking that question. I don't know why, but I asked that question. Uh, Anyway, so I love the diesel sound of of rhino and and the air brake sound effects. I thought they were the all the jokes and puns even though they were a lot they were actually pretty decent. They weren't they weren't the ones that were really grating on you except for you know kind of the dumb moment with, with T-Bob a couple of times where you think he should be muted. But it wasn't over the top like sometimes where we're sitting there going, "Oh wow. Just 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 stop the episode. Just go back to the drawing board and give us something better." You know. It yeah, wasn't so. to me it wasn't I guess that bad for me. I I did ding, a little bit of the PSA not being relevant to the story. It was a good message, but it still didn't buy in. I also didn't like. I gave it a small ding where because there was no no voice commands for them when the masks came down. And I know that's intermittent with these episodes, but you know that you start out with it, keep up with it.
1: Yeah, I Yeah, I, I I agree with that. They. Have done those sequences before, where they've even had split screens of everybody getting their mask. Exactly. And
0: so they've done impressive stuff, but this time I don't know what this is.
1: Eh, it didn't bother me, I guess, too much in this episode.
0: I know we talked about it, but this—you know—still a little on, not still a little fire. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm used to that. It's more of a tick than a markdown, but still, uh, it was something that stuck out. And then. We we had no call up. I marked it down for that. Even though the experts were all, all of them were there, I get it. But usually there's some kind of call up. Yeah. Something that need they need the expertise of someone somewhere. They didn't need it obviously because they steered the episode where they wanted it. But it, it's nice mm-hmm. to have that reach back and see.
1: Well, I see. I, I don't know. I was kind of torn about that. I I think it should be included no matter what because it's just the embodiment of what mask right. is and what they do.
0: And that's why I marked it. You know, I, I was a little yeah. I was a little peeved. I and I, I know I've kind of beat this beat this into people's brains already, but it's just like the Voltron sequence. Voltron always had a freaking sequence. Airwolf yeah. always had a freaking sequence. So why can't they do the same with mask? Just do the got a chief. You know call up call up the, the agents get dusty or Brad and call it good and see the sequence and go, but
1: um, yeah, yeah,
0: I, I I dinged it. Um, um, overall, I, I'm rounding it up to a five because it's a four point five, but it's for me it's actually a solid four point five. I can't, I can't do any better. I'm rounding up, but I okay. can't do any better.
1: We were close. I ended up giving it a four, solid four. I felt it had the potential to be great, but just. Some of the stuff that I pulled out and the ending, I felt it was enough to pull it down at least a point. Uh, But it was still a pretty good episode. I liked that Gloria was put in a high-profile race, like I mentioned before. Like she was the Danica Patrick of her time, you know. I thought that was good. I thought that they, you know, using a a high-profile race like that was really good. I liked it when Dagger was firing Torch in that little barrel, that comes out of the top, you know, they took the time to put that in there that right before he fires, that thing pops up and then torch on. And I like the, the mask use in the battles. You don't get a lot of that where even though Gloria essentially did the same thing both times where she took their mask fire and deflected it back at them, which I didn't, I hadn't remembered that Aura could do. I don't remember that she had used that power in previous episodes. I know she might have, like, disintegrated something, Blast or, or whatever.
0: But, right, but Didn't it use uh, – Aura is still kind of a mystery mask.
1: It, it is. It's kind it, of it a catch-all.
0: times where it's been more like a, like a force field a shield, rather than yeah. uh, a rebut to attacks, I'll call it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it is kind of a mystery exactly what it does, but I don't know. I like those battles back and forth. I would have liked to seen Matt with Spectrum as well, but um, we didn't get any of any Spectrum in this episode. It was just her, and we got Lifter once, and we got Stiletto a bunch of times, and, and Torch, and then the battles in between. But I thought it was good. What's what what knocked it down for me was the. Logistics with Rax and Dagger and how long it took them to exit that building. Yeah. You know, if if they didn't have that setup scene where Mask is driving through the city and and going through all that, um, and then T Bob and Scott driving up behind them, they would have been out of that building before they even drove up. So I was like, what are they doing in the building (laughs) that's taking so long? It, It took them fairly quickly to get back to the vault when they first walked in. And it just threw me out of the episode there and kind of threw everything off to me that they were still, when they walked outside, there was mask, you know, right. Like you mentioned, there was no call up. I did ding it for that. Uh, Where did dagger go as well? He says right after he gets the flat tire and then he gets magically back in there driving away. He says, he'll, meet up with Rax later or something. Well, that didn't make sense at all. Where were they going? Where were they meeting?
0: Their hideout.
1: And, and he just, unless he was trying to draw, you know, Thunderhawk away from Rax since he had the book. Now that would have made sense. Right. You go you know, you go back behind the building and I'll go this way to take Thunderhawk, you know, whatever. That would have made more sense than uh, he just disappeared. The plot—I don't know—it was a lot for me to think that one corporation uh, manages all of these banks and stuff, and they hold—they have all the combinations in one book. You know, you would think there was some kind of protocol for what if this book gets stolen or something happens that they would, you know, put something into play, right? Uh, before whoever stole it could use it, you know.
0: This um, is a cartoon. I'm sure they didn't I know, too much depth into
1: it. I'm probably reading too much into it. But <laughs> as a kid, I'm not going to care. But we're reviewing it now, so I'm just telling you what I pulled out of it. Um, and the ending. I mean, I didn't mind. The, the I thought this is what I thought was going to happen. They did their little chuckle that they usually do, and then they fade back to the racetrack. I'm like, oh, okay. Like you were saying. I thought this was going to be where Gloria's back in the race and she's heading for the finish line, and they end the episode or something. I don't know to to fade back in and just to do another joke. It just I don't know. I didn't like that.
0: Yeah, it wasn't.
1: <laughs> it just didn't seem necessary to to come back. They should have just ended it on their chuckle and like they normally do. But right, they had to. They had to come back for some reason. Uh, the ticks. <laughs> There was a few ticks. Why didn't Matt lay into Scott for following them? You know, he didn't even scold him one little bit for not at all. Why are he you here? Does. Well, you know, you should have stayed back in the pits. We didn't install these, uh, vacuum tubes on T-Bob you moron. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, Matt's a bad parent. <laughs> <laughs> or, or at least he should, uh, <laughs> invoke some discipline more often. Um,
0: well, with but, all the money that Matt has, you'd think he'd, you know, make a better another like T-Bob nanny like the one on the Jetsons. Yeah. There's something. Keep tabs on, on him. Right,
1: right, right, right. Um, another tick, like you said, the PSA didn't tie in. It was a good message. I didn't take any points off for it, but it could have been something as simple as like seatbelt safety or oh, yeah. whatever. You know, they, they took the time to do that shot of Gloria strapping on her seatbelt there at the end anyway.
0: Yeah, they but they might have for the PSA. Well, they've know. already done a seatbelt.
1: Well, they've repeated before. That's true. That is. I would true. have rather seen a repeat of a seatbelt than something totally out in left field. But um, there was also, I noticed there was an unnecessary conversion of jackhammer leading up to the corporation there. He right. had converted, but he didn't even use the guns for anything. No, he didn't. I was like, well, "Why did he convert there?" Um, didn't make sense. And then, uh, why was Shark even there? Besides Gloria being on the scene and not having that call up, didn't give you any information. So I was like, "She could have just rode shotgun with Matter Bruce." Exactly. Shark wasn't even used. Nope. So other than to pin Rex into that yard full of safes where he gets trapped. That was the only time really shark was used for anything. So I don't know I, all of that, I I felt it was enough to pull me down a full point and wishing and end the episode, wishing it had been a sort of a better ending and instead of just mayhem flying off like a balloon air coming out of a balloon, you know? Right. I don't know. I I would have liked a little bit better ending. So, but it was still a pretty good episode and it still, I think flowed pretty well through the thing until I was starting to pull little bits and pieces out. Right. That it bothered me. But, um, any script similarities besides, I think the obvious,
0: um, the bickering and the bank heist. That's about all I got.
1: Yeah. That's kind of what I was on. And we had mentioned that before that we run some bank heists, um, in our script so that was really all that I I pulled out of that as well Um, let's uh, end our review and head over to our poll and some of our comments we had uh, 16 votes this week looks like we had well, we tied for 5 and 4 both with 6 votes we had a vote for a 3 and a vote for a 2 and a couple 1's Yike. Yeah. Wow. I wouldn't be that harsh on it. I didn't think it was quite that bad. But uh one comment we had from Facebook is our one of our faithful followers there, Sani Riller. I made the translation on that, which okay. um uh, is actually Portuguese, and her comment was she really misses the cartoon and it's a shame that they have been through a copyright battle, essentially. I guess she means with uh, maybe the rights and having right. to and then not showing it on television or anything anymore, and, and all the DVD battles and stuff that they've had right. <laughs> over the years. But yeah, we're we wish the copyrights were a little a little more uh, secure, I guess you would say. But apparently, Hasbro has done their research and are at least claiming they have the movie rights. Right. As well as the toy rights, so uh, apparently that's been taken care of, which is a relief, really.
0: Yeah, it is. Now we know who actually, at least at the moment, has more control of it.
1: Right, right. And we had uh, several reviews.
0: Yeah, we'll start off with uh, Eric from BoulderHill.net. He says, I think this is a generally good episode. It is a little heavy on Scott and T-Bob, but they're not annoying. They usually are doing something stupid when they stumble onto Venom. But in this case, they were trying to do something helpful that wasn't totally unreasonable getting a videotape from the blimp. Yeah, It's really cool to see Gloria in her professional setting as a champion race car driver. Danica Patrick, eat your heart out. (laughs) I love the banter between Miles and Vanessa and between Sly and Dagger. Bad guy infighting at its best. Uh The music in Mask is always great. But they really used it well in this episode, and finally, the battle at the end was was really fun, despite the nonstop one-liners from Matt. And we got we got lots of mask use, stiletto twice, torch aura twice, and lifter. I do have a couple nitpicks. First, the arena announcer is basically just Brad Turner, and we all know it. Also, did 1980s race cars really have enough electronics that they? would completely melt down from an EMP. I highly doubt it. <laughs> Sadly, there is no call-up, but that did make for a natural group to fight Venom. And for once, Mask is actually outnumbered. Yeah. All in all, I think this is a really solid episode that has a great pace. There are a couple little moments that keep it from being perfect. So I've rated it a four out of five. P.S. The PSA had nothing to do with the episode. Which is too bad, and one of the firemen looked and sounded almost exactly like Alex Sector. I guess times are rough for
1: veterinarians. (laughs) Gotta get a little snubbed there. And it was obviously that uh, Sharon Noble did the voice over the radio on the uh, in the fire truck there too. Yeah.
0: Well, she even indicated Um, on our our interview if it was a female voice or even an oddball voice, Well sound really. It was her.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, they you- they were, the, the voices were recycled, and they auditioned essentially on the spot for whatever voices they needed for that episode, so.
0: And to answer your question, Eric, even in the 80s, they did, I would say probably 87 was about the time frame we really started seeing the electric, electronic fuel injection, so I imagine the race cars probably had something along that lines to be high-tech, to give them that extra, I don't know, two horsepower or whatever to, you know. So there might have been enough electronics to give it a plausible plot. As much as I love the 80s, and we all think that they were all carburetor engines, about 86, 87, they started actually putting more and more fuel injection in. So, Yeah, I'm the car nut, so there you go. You
1: are the car expert, yes.
0: (laughs) I'm not an expert by any
1: means. (laughs) You know a heck of a lot more than me. But anyway, uh, Uh, we'll go on to uh, Anna. Yes, we'll go on to Anna. The best part of this episode is seeing Vanessa flying an airship. She seems to be able to operate all types of vessels, like in a later episode when she even flies a spaceship. Yes, the uh, I think that's um, actually in spoiler this alert. Stretch, it's in. It's in. I think it's number fifty. She flies a space shuttle. Um, nice. I, that's the one where T-Bob is flying uh, Thunderhawk. That's why I know that one. <laughs> uh. Anyway, I also like seeing Gloria as a race car driver and that her taking part in a race is used as part of the action in the episode instead of being something she gets interrupted from and has to abandon when she gets called up by Mask. There is a good battle at the end and some nice usage of the masks and some of the discussions between Rax and Dagger are quite entertaining. This was an okay episode, but it wasn't perfect among other things, I found some of T-Bob's comments when he was hanging from and falling from the blimp quite annoying. And therefore, I gave it a four. So they're both kind of lining up with, uh, with you. Review. Uh, let's see what Eric from, I believe this is Eric from Cartoonopolis, had to say.
0: This episode was just kind of boring. And as usual, it had way too much Cotton T-Bob. I honestly did not care what happened to them at all. <laughs> The fight at the end was okay, but really felt lacking with the absence of Switchblade and Manta. I really loved Rax's line, I hate them, (laughs) especially since he said it with such hostility right after Bruce's dumb pun. I feel your pain, Rax. So so he's probably one of the low raters.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there was an excessive amount of puns and and jokes. And, you know, like I said before, there was a point where I was like, just shut up, T-Bob. (laughs) <laughs> but it, it wasn't just him. It was a lot of other people as well, right. which is pretty well expected. <laughs> yeah. And, and then we
0: have one final question. It's actually not related to the episode. Uh, okay. Philip Gibson. He's on our Q and a. Okay. Uh, he's asking about the Paramount announcement where we have, uh-huh. what do you, his question is, what do you think of mask being a part of the new Paramount Hasbro cinematic universe that's being Planned. Well, we really discussed at length in our masscast chat, and we could probably chat at length here. <laughs> uh, but I'll be honest; I'm going to steer you towards that masscast chat because uh, we really got into depth about the possibilities of it. And you could even get a like a smaller synopsis if you don't want to listen to the two and a half hour or whatever it was. You <laughs> well, we can get long. a more a, kind of a better synopsis if you listen to. Uh, the recurrent events podcast that Jason and I and Eric was kind of the same, same team of agents. Yeah,
1: just worked uh, out that last week.
0: Yeah, uh, and we just did that here uh, Friday, which would have been the December eighteenth edition. So um, steer you over that way. Yeah,
1: and we we kind of steered people actually towards the mask cast in that as well, <laughs> because yeah, we talked obviously mostly about mask, but how they fit in, how some of the other properties like Visionaries and the other ones were uh, Micronauts and ROM, which we essentially didn't have too much experience with. But, you know, like we mentioned before in uh, earlier in this podcast, I I think we really think it's going to happen one of two ways. Uh, We would all love to see, I think, the standalone movie first, and have maybe a couple of G.I. Joe cameos or characters in there helping out. They could even use, I think I suggested at one point, some kind of Transformer AllSpark technology or something to work with the mask vehicles and how they transform and such. So there's a lot of elements that you could add in from the other properties and still do a standalone mask movie, I think. But if it comes out and if it's just one – if it's G.I. Joe 3 and they include maybe Matt Tracker in there and then spin it off that way, uh, you know, I would be okay with that. The fact that we're getting Mask in a movie. Right. <laughs> uh, hopefully more than just a cameo or just a name on a door or, you know, more than just uh, just a glimpse. I, I really want to, for them to go in depth with it and obviously um, that's for selfish reasons and more toys and <laughs> wanting uh, wanting a full mass comeback but we discussed too and I guess I'll end on this so we don't go too much into it but going into the movie universe is a, more of a safe route I think and it's an easy way to make their big bucks rather than going into a TV series or something like that. And, you know, you can really use a lot of characters that way. Right. And I think Eric, Eric made that point on recurrent events too, where uh, we would be happy if they just went into a, a television series with some of these properties and used uh, some elements of the other properties in in that way. It'd be a lot easier to do, but you don't make hundreds of millions off of cartoon series, really, unless they're running hundreds of episodes. Right. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, there's several different ways. Uh, Obviously we think it's uh, exciting. We were really excited. We wanted to jump on the air (laughs) as quick as possible. I know I did. And even Bill Ferris over at Matt Tracker, he did a little two or three minute video and he put up on YouTube his reaction right. uh, soon after. I actually am the one of us of the three main sites that saw it first. And I shared with them as soon as I found it. And uh, we were all really excited. So just, I guess just hang out with us and uh, we'll this, when we get more information in our feeds and everything, and we'll be sure to pass it along and, Uh, Keep your fingers crossed. We'll probably do another chat once we get more information and see where Hasbro is actually going to go with this, but it is very exciting. Yes, it is. So I guess, well, uh, since we have no more questions, we read all of our comments. We'll go ahead and end our podcast for now. Uh, Our next podcast review will be episode 42, the Artemis Enigma where Venom plans to steal a sacred horn from a group of monks that is rumored to detect gold. So we will go after those wonderful artifacts again and uh, try to find some lost treasure, as we've done many a time before. (laughs) But uh, I also wanted to end real quick, too, by uh, taking a minute... For our, uh, our viewers, listeners this week, too, if you listen to the podcast version, just give us a quick star rating if you're in iTunes or if you're in Stitcher, and if you're so inclined, make a little short comment review because it does help when uh, people go into those apps and do searches and such, the more comments and the more feedback we have and the higher ratings... We can get the podcast out there to people who haven't listened to us yet even though we've been on the air for (laughs) going on I think uh,
0: almost five years now.
1: I think it was in uh, February of 2012 when we started. so We're coming up on four years. Kind of unbelievable. If you guys would do that for us, we would be most grateful that listened to this podcast and would help us out trying to spread the word about MassCast and get some more mask fans on board agents, I'll call them. I did notice this week wide. I don't think I told you that uh, we're up to 200 people on our email list. So, and we wow. owe them a, we own a newsletter, that's for sure.
0: That dang sure. I think we're like three or four months behind. And uh, I know I offered to take up that one, but man, I my new job, everything's so restricted. Yeah, it bugs me because of that.
1: Well, I I think I put one out in October and we missed November, so I think we're only a month behind. But we'll try to get another newsletter out when we get our next uh mass cast assignment out. And uh I do try to email once in a while if there's a, a code out to use at Redbubble or something special like that. I'll I will email just separately. So uh if you want to get on that email list just go to agentsofmass.com and there's a, in the uh, left column there in the top, there's a join button. You click that and you go to our little form to fill that out. Or you can actually do that right through Facebook as well. There's a email newsletter tab right under our cover photo and you can sign up there. But, um, like I said, it, we try to do a monthly newsletter which is uh, just basically information over the past month in case you missed it kind of stuff and we try to share some of the other content from other sites and just stuff like that, that we've, we've come across since the last newsletter to keep everybody up to date in the mask world. And, uh, it's, it's fun to put together and there's a lot of good stuff usually in there for everyone to, uh, to go through. So anyway, it was always, uh, it's always a blast partner, as you say, to, uh, to do these reviews. And, uh, really looking forward to this stretch. And we got a pretty good one this time, and hopefully the trend will continue.
0: <laughs> I hope so. It has to go upward, because uh, like I said in the review, I don't know how we're going to be able to top yeah. being able to get really three voice actor interviews Yeah. on top of being able to personally, like in person, see and meet Doug Stone. So like I said, it's going to be a challenge to really top this, this uh, we'll call it series,
1: yeah, we'll see what 2016 holds.
0: Who knows? Maybe the whole have a reunion up at RetroCon. And I think <laughs> I think you'll be flying up again for that
1: one. <laughs> yes, if I knew everybody was going to be there, yes, I'd be booking my ticket next week. <laughs> <laughs> if the wife would agree, but.
0: <laughs> well, that th- there's your there's your assignment, Tony, and your wife. Uh, <laughs> forgive me, I can't remember her name right now. But uh, that's your assignment. Get all of Mass' uh, voice actors there. But uh, yeah, this has been an awesome time. And like I said, we're still, still kind of beaming on 2015. And uh, even the news, even though it's a whisper, we'll call it, from Hasbro, it's still something. So they're teasing us. We just don't know what they're going to give us. But something's better than nothing. So we're all excited and kind of just on the edge of our seat, virtually or literally. Um, Trying to figure out what's going to happen. So, um, anyway, well, I want to thank you all for watching and listening, and we will see you next time. on mask cast, cast.
1: <laughs> Let anyone try to stop us now.
0: I'll believe it when I see it, and see it you shall.